Hello. Welcome to the Bore You to Sleep podcast. The podcast that will hopefully help you get to sleep. I am going to read an open source book, one that is not particularly interesting, but one that is hopefully boring enough to get you to sleep. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know there have been times in my life where I've struggled with sleeplessness, which is why I strive to help people everywhere with theirs. I'm proud to have partnered with a new sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, which doesn't take long at all. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counselling done securely online. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions in the comfort of your own home. You can also log in to your account anytime and send a message to your counsellor when you need. You'll have access to a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counsellor network which may not be locally available in many areas. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counsellors if needed. Visit trybetterhelp.com forward slash bore you to sleep. That's trybetterhelp and join over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Special offer for Boy to Sleep listeners with 10% off your first month at trybetterhelp.com forward slash you to sleep. Tonight's readings come from Sweet Clover Utilization. It's the story of the agricultural use of sweet clover in the early 1900s in the United States. My name is Teddy, and I aim to help people everywhere get a good night's rest. Sleep is so important, and my mission is to help you get the rest that you need. Each episode is designed to play in the background while you slowly fall asleep. Special shout out to Castbox listener Danson Harrop for the reviews that you left. Glad you enjoyed my reading of The Little Dauphin. Thanks also to Ard from Denmark for your message via the website. Hopefully tonight's reading is boring enough to help you get the rest that you need. The podcast is completely free. And it's the support from listeners that allows me to keep bringing out more episodes to you. If you find the podcast helpful, a lovely way to say thanks is to leave a review in your podcast app. It doesn't take long and it really does help out. If you also would like, you can say hello at boreyoutosleep.com where you can support the podcast I'm also now on Twitter and Instagram, at bore you to sleep. In the meantime, 
lie back, relax, and enjoy the readings. Sweet Clover Utilization HS Co. Assistant Agronomist Forage Crop Investigations Farmer's Bulletin 820 United States Department of Agriculture Washington, D.C. May 1917 Sweet Clover may be utilised for feeding purposes as pasturage, hay or in silage with the possible exception of alfalfa on fertile soil sweet clover, when properly handled will furnish as much nutritious pasturage from early spring until late fall as any other legume it seldom causes bloat Stock may refuse to eat sweet clover at first, but this distaste can be overcome by keeping them on a field of young plants for a few days. As cattle grave dry roughage when pasturing on sweet clover, they should have access to it. Straw answers this purpose very well. An acre of sweet clover ordinarily will support 20 to 30 shoals. On account of the succulent growth, it is often difficult in humid climates to cure the first crop of the second season into a good quality of hay. When seeded without a nurse crop, one cutting of hay may be obtained the first year in the north and two or three cullings in the south. Two cuttings are often obtained in the south after grain harvest. The second year a cutting of hay and a seed crop usually are harvested. Sweet clover should never be permitted to show flower buds before it is cut for hay. It is very important that the first crop of the second season be cut so high that a new growth will develop. When the plants have made a growth of 36 to 40 inches, it may be necessary to leave the stubble 10 to 12 inches high. In cutting the first crop of the second season, it is a good plan to have extension shoe soles made for the mower so that a high stubble may be left. In some sections of the country, sweet clover as a silage plant is gaining in favour rapidly. This crop has given excellent results as a feed for cattle and sheep. Experiments show that it compares favourably with alfalfa. Sweet clover has proved to be a profitable soil-improving crop. The large deep roots add much humus to the soil and improve the aeration and drainage. As a rule, the yield of crops following sweet clover is increased materially. Being a biennial, this crop lends itself readily to short rotations. 
Sweet clover is a valuable honey plant in that in all sections of the country it secretes an abundance of nectar. This bulletin discusses only the utilization of sweet clover. A discussion of the growing of the crop may be found in Farmer's Bulletin 797. General Statement of the Uses of Sweet Clover The utilization of sweet clover as a feed for all classes of livestock has increased rapidly in many parts of the country owing primarily to the excellent results obtained by many farmers who have used this plant for pasturage or hay and also to the fact that feeding and digestion experiments conducted by agricultural experiment stations show that it is particularly equal to alfalfa and red clover as a feed. As a pasture plant, sweet clover is superior to red clover and possibly alfalfa as it seldom causes bloat, will grow on poor soils, and is drought-resistant. The favourable results obtained from the utilisation of this crop for pasturage have done much to promote its culture in many parts of the United States. On account of the succulent, somewhat stemmy growth of the first crop of the second year, difficulty is often experienced in curing the hay in humid sections as it is necessary to cut it at a time when weather conditions are likely to be unfavourable. When properly cured, the hay is relished by stock. At the present time, sweet clover is used to only a limited extent for silage, but its use for this purpose should increase rapidly, as the results thus far obtained have been very satisfactory. In addition to the value of sweet clover as a feed, it is one of the best soil-improving crops adapted to short rotations which can be grown. When cut for hay, the stubble and roots remain in the soil and when pastured, the uneaten parts of the plants as well as the manure made while animals are on the pasture are added to the soil and benefit the succeeding crops. In addition to humus, Sweet clover, in common with all legumes, adds nitrogen to the soil. This crop is grown in many sections of the country primarily to improve soils, and the benefits derived from it when handled in this manner have justified its use, as the yields of succeeding crops usually are increased materially. The different species of sweet clover are excellent honey plants as they produce nectar 
over a long period in all sections of the United States. Sweet clover as a pasture crop. With the possible exception of alfalfa on fertile soils, no other leguminous crop will furnish as much nutritious pasturage from early spring until late fall as sweet clover when it is properly handled. Livestock which have never been fed sweet clover may refuse to eat it at first, but this distaste is easily overcome by turning them on the pasture in the spring as soon as the plants start growth. Many cases are on record where stock have preferred sweet clover to other forage plants. The fact that it may be pastured earlier in the spring than many forage plants and that it thrives throughout the hot summer months makes it a valuable addition to the pastures on many farms. Sweet clover is an especially valuable forage plant for poor soils where other crops make but little growth and it is upon such soils that thousands of acres of this crop are furnishing annually abundant pasturage for all kinds of livestock. In many portions of the Middle West, where the conditions are similar to those of southeastern Kansas, it bids fair to solve the serious pasturage problems. Native pastures, which will no longer provide more than a scant living for a mature steer on four or five acres, when properly seeded to sweet clover, will produce sufficient forage to carry at least one animal to the acre throughout the season. In addition to this, a crop of hay or a seed crop may be harvested from a portion of the land when it is so fenced that the stock may be confined to certain parts on the field at specific times. Land which is too rough or too depleted for cultivation or permanent pastures which have become thin and weedy may be improved greatly by drilling in after disking a few pounds of sweet clover seed per acre. Not only will the sweet clover add considerably to the quality and quantity of the pasturage, but the growth of the grasses will be improved by the addition of large quantities of humus and nitrogen to the soil. Sweet clover has proved to be an excellent pasture crop on many of the best farms in the north central states. In this part of the country, it may be seeded alone and pastured from the middle or latter part of June until frost, or it may be sown with grain and pastured after harvest. 
When Sweet Clover has been seeded two years in succession on separate fields, the field sown the first year may be pastured until the middle of June. When the stock should be turned on the spring seeding, when handled in this manner, excellent pasturage is provided throughout the summer and a hay or seed crop may be harvested from the field seeded the previous season. Some of the best pastures in Iowa consist of a mixture of Kentucky bluegrass, Timothy and sweet clover, on a farm observed near Delmar, Iowa, stock is pastured on meadows containing this mixture from the first part of April to the middle of June. From this time until the first part of September, the stock is kept on one half to two thirds the total pasture acreage. The remainder of the pasture land is permitted to mature a seed crop. After the seed crop is harvested, the stock again is turned on this acreage, where they feed on the grasses and first year sweet clover plants until cold weather. The seed which shatters when the crop is cut is usually sufficient to reseed the pastures. By handling his pasture land in this manner, the owner of the farm has always had an abundance of pasture and at the same time has obtained each year a crop of two to four bushels of reclaimed seed to the acre from one third to one half of his pasture land. This system has been in operation on one field for 20 years and not until the last two years has bluegrass showed a tendency to crowd out the sweet clover. It is essential that sufficient stock be kept on the pastures to keep the plants eaten rather closely so that at all times there will be an abundance of fresh shoots. Whenever the first crop of the second year is not needed for hay or silage, it can be used for no better purpose than pasturage. In fact, it is better to pasture the fields until the middle of June as this affords one of the most economical and profitable ways of handling the first crop. In addition to its value for pasture, grazing induces the plants to send out many young shoots close to the ground, so that when the plants are permitted to mature, seed a much larger number of stalks are formed than would be the case if the first crop were cut for hay. The hay crop is likely to be cut so close to the ground that the plants will be killed 
whereas but little danger of killing the plants arises from close pasturing early in the season. Excellent stands of sweet clover will produce an abundance of pasturage for two to three mature steers per acre from early spring to the middle of June. Cattle which are pasturing on sweet clover alone crave dry feed. Straw has been found to satisfy this desire and straw or hay should be present in the meadow at all times. After stock are removed from the field, it is an excellent plan to go over it with a mower, setting the cutter bar so as to leave the stubble six to eight inches high. This will even up the stand so that the plants will ripen seed at approximately the same date. Experiments by many farmers in the Middle West show that sweet clover is an excellent pasture for dairy cattle. When cows are turned on sweet clover from grass pastures, the flow of milk is increased and its quality improved. Other conditions being normal, this increase in milk production will continue throughout the summer as the plants produce an abundance of green forage during the hot, dry months when grass pastures are unproductive. If pastures are handled properly, they will carry at least one milk cow to the acre during the summer months. In many parts of the country, sweet clover has proved to be an excellent pasturage crop for hogs. When it is utilised for this purpose, it usually is seeded alone and pastured for two seasons. The hog may be turned on the field the first year as soon as the plants have made a six-inch growth. From this time until late fall, an abundance of forage is produced, as pasturing induces the plants to send out many tender, succulent branches. Pasturing the second season may begin as soon as growth starts in the spring. If the field is not closely grazed the second season, it is advisable to clip it occasionally, leaving an 8-inch stubble so as to produce a more succulent growth. An acre of sweet clover pasture ordinarily will support 20 to 30 shoats in addition to furnishing a tight cutting of hay. For the best growth of the hogs, they should be fed each day two pounds of grain per hundred weight of the stock. Hogs are very fond of sweet clover roots and should be ringed before being turned on the pasture. The tendency to root may generally be overcome by adding some protein to the grain ration. 
Mate Meal serves this purpose very well. The Iowa Agricultural Experiment Station conducted an interesting pasturing experiment with spring pigs in 1910. In this experiment, pigs weighing approximately 38 pounds were pastured for a period of 141 days on two plats of red clover, a plat of dwarf Essex rape, and a plat of yellow biennial sweet clover. The pigs pasturing on each plat received a ration of ear corn. The ration given to the pigs on one plat of red clover and on that of rape was supplemented with meat meal to the extent of one-tenth of the ear corn ration. The feed given to the pigs pasturing on sweet clover was supplemented with meat meal at the same rate during the last 57 days of the test. The red clover was seeded in 1908 and reseeded in 1909 so that the plat contained a very good stand of plants, at least one year old. The sweet clover was seeded in the spring of 1910, while the rest of the seed was sown on April 4, 1910, in 24-inch rows. The pigs were turned on the forage plats on June 22, the results of this experiment show that sweet clover carried more pigs to the acre and produced cheaper grains and a greater net profit per acre than either red clover or other seeds. To judge from the date of seeding of the plants tested, it was to be expected that the pigs pasturing on the sweet clover would not gain as rapidly at first as those pasturing on the other forage plants as the growth of the sweet clover at this time was undoubtedly much less than that of the other crops. This assumption is born out of the test results given for the first 84 days of the test. During this period the pigs on the other seed made a net gain of $11.55 per acre and those on the red clover $6.86 per acre more than those on the sweet clover. In these computations corn was valued at 50 cents per bushel and hogs at $6 per hundred weight. During the latter part of the experiment, there was but a scant growth of red clover on the plats, while the sweet clover produced an abundance of forage, and during this time of the experiment, the pigs pasturing on sweet clover made a net gain of $10.14 per acre, more than those pasturing on red clover 
and $17.41 per acre, more than those pasturing on other seeds. Tainting milk and butter. Milk may be tainted occasionally when cows are pasturing on sweet clover. However, the large majority of farmers who pasture sweet clover on an extensive scale report very little or no trouble. The flavour imparted to milk at times is not disliked by all people as some state that it is agreeable and does not harm the market value of dairy products in the least. This trouble is experienced for the most part in the early spring. The tainting of milk may be avoided by taking the cows off the pasture two hours before milking and keeping them off until after milking the following morning. Bloating can also be a problem. Unlike the true clovers and alfalfa, sweet clover seldom causes bloat. In fact, with the exception of the summer of 1915, only a few authentic cases of bloat have thus far been recorded in sections where large acreages and pastured with cattle and sheep. A number of cases of bloat were reported in Iowa during the abnormally wet season of 1915. No satisfactory explanation for this comparative freedom from bloating has been offered. It is held by some that the comarin in the plants prevents bloating, but this has not been established experimentally. There is also treatment for bloat. If the case of bloat is not extreme, it may be sufficient to drive the animals at a walk for a quarter or half an hour. In most urgent cases, the gas must be allowed to escape without delay, and this is best accomplished by the use of the trocar. In selecting the place for using the trocar, the highest point on the disinfected flank equally distant from the last rib and the point of the hip must be chosen. Here an incision about three-fourths of an inch long should be made with a knife through the skin, and then the sharp point of the trocar being directed downward, inward, and slightly forward, is thrust into the paunch. The sheath of the trocar should be left in the paunch, as long as any gas continues to issue from it. In the absence of a trocar, an incision may be made with a small-bladed knife and a quill used to permit the gas to escape. Care must be taken to see that the quill does not work down out of sight into the incision. Another remedy consists in tying a large bit, the diameter 
of a pitchfork handle in the mouth so that a piece of rubber tubing may be passed through the mouth to the first stomach to allow the gas to escape. Sweet Clover Hay When sweet clover hay is cut at the right time and cured properly, it is eaten readily by all classes of livestock. As the hay is rich in protein, growing stock make gains on its comparable to the gains of those fed on alfalfa. The quantity and quality of the milk produced when the hay is fed to the cows are approximately the same as when other legumes are used. Hay which is cut the first year is fine-stemmed and leafy and resembles alfalfa in general appearance. Unless it is cut at the proper time the second year, it will be stemmy and unpalatable. Feeding experiments show that it contains practically as much digestible protein as alfalfa and more than red clover, but the hay is not as palatable as red clover or alfalfa when the plants are permitted to become coarse and woody. When sweet clover is seeded in the spring without a nurse crop in the northern and western sections of the United States, a cutting of hay may be obtained the same autumn. When it is seeded with a nurse crop in these regions, the rainfall during the late summer and early fall will largely determine whether the plants will make sufficient growth to be cut for hay. On fertile, well-limed soils in the east, in the eastern north-central states in Iowa, and in eastern Kansas, a cutting of hay is commonly obtained after grain harvest when the rainfall is normal or above normal. In many sections of the country too, and at three times, cuttings of hay may be obtained the second year. In the south too, and sometimes three, cuttings may be obtained the first year if the seeding is done without nurse crop. When the seed is sown in the spring without oats, two cuttings may be secured after oat harvest. Three cuttings may be obtained the second year, although it is common practice to cut the first crop for hay and the second crop for seed. Yields of Sweet Clover Hay the total yields of sweet clover per acre for the season are usually less than those of alfalfa, except in the semirad, unirrigated portions of the country. Sweet clover ordinarily yields more to the acre than any of the true clovers. When the seed is sown in the spring of the north, without a nurse crop, Yields of 1 to 3 tonnes of hay of good quality 
may be expected the following autumn. The Massachusetts Agricultural Experiment Station obtained 2,700 pounds of hay per acre in the fall from spring seeding, while the United States Department of Agriculture obtained 3,000 pounds of hay per acre in August from May seeding in Maryland. Yields of 1 to 2 tonnes and occasionally 3 tonnes have been obtained in Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, the Dakotas and other states. In Illinois, Iowa and Kansas yields of 1 to 1.5 tonnes are often obtained after grain harvest when weather conditions are favourable. The first crop the second season yields 1.5 to 3 tonnes of hay to the acre in the northern and western sections of the United States. The second crop of the second season will yield from three-fourths to one and a half tonnes to the acre, although this crop usually is for seed. When sweet clover is seeded in the south, without a nurse crop on the fairly fertile soil that is not acid, three cuttings of hay, averaging at least a tonne to the cutting, may be secured the year of seeding. When the seed is sown in the early spring on winter grain, two cuttings yielding at least one tonne to the cutting may be obtained. The first crop, the second season yields on an average one and a half to three tons of hay to the acre. In 1903, the Alabama Canebrake Station obtained two and a half tons of hay after oat harvest and a total yield of three tons per acre from the same field in 1904. And that concludes tonight's readings. I hope you're feeling a little drowsy. If you're not quite tired yet, please feel free and welcome to listen to another episode of the Boy to Sleep podcast. In the meantime, I'll be working on bringing you a new episode very soon. Good night.